0: Got Japan
1: What's up, Faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fit in Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And as you find folks know, Got in Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan in the news. And Faders, this is episode number 549. And um, I'm going to be honest, we did something very differently. In fact, we did two very different things. The first thing we did was we welcomed a new Fader into the family. Now, when I say new fader, he's actually an old-school, hardcore fader. Jeremy, the man, the legend, the myth, (laughs) is now a part of the Guy Fitted Japan family. You might remember Jeremy from episode number 500. He was on the Booze Cruise with us, where we toured all over Tokyo Bay, completely faded, out of our minds, and podcasting episode number 500. That is one of the most epic episodes we have done in a long time, and um, I think we're going to do it again for episode number 600. I'm thinking, that or a helicopter ride. Uh, Something. We're going to do something incredible, and Jeremy will be there, too. And um, also, a side note, Jeremy is the president of MMA Japan, which is going to be big, big, big for Got in Japan. We're going to do a lot of collaborations, and uh, there's a lot of things in the works that's going to be quite incredible. I'm stoked. Tom's stoked. We're all stoked. Now, the second thing that we did in this episode was we interviewed somebody that's not in Japan, but somebody that's doing something somewhat related to Japanese culture. We have a master of jujitsu, which I think originally is kind of... Um... Now, all right, all right. I'm going to be honest. In this episode, I don't really know... What's going on? (laughs) I don't do I don't do martial arts. I I don't know much about martial arts. That's more Tom's thing. Uh, I'm more of the layman in this this uh, interview. But um, anyway, I I believe jujitsu kind of started off in Japan and then it moved its way over to Brazil. And there's two different fractions. There's Japanese jujitsu. There's Brazilian jujitsu. I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. I probably am. I'm probably wrong. Probably, like, maybe there's thousands of you guys out there just laughing. Probably crashing your cars, you're laughing so hard because I don't know shit about jiu-jitsu and everybody does. Joe Rogan does jiu-jitsu? Well, yeah, well, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm Johnny. <laughs> Respect. Anyway, he is teaching jiu-jitsu in Canada to police officers over there and basically his goal is to help them do their job in a safe and protective manner that's good for them and is good for society. And um, I think I think this is going to be the match that starts a fire, I mean, I think this could be really incredible. I mean, after this interview, I became super interested in Jiu Jitsu and um, who knows, who knows? Maybe I might be getting into Jiu Jitsu, I don't know, I gotta talk to Jeremy about that, but that, that's a different story. Anyway, Faders, I could talk forever with you and uh, you don't want to hear me, you want to hear Tommy and you want to hear Jeremy, and you want to hear our guest Ari. So without further ado, enjoy the show. We're gonna go with it. What's up, gentlemen? (laughs) Faders, this is a uh, very uh, interesting episode of Got Faded Japan. I'm your host, Johnny. And Uh, I'm Tokyo. There we go, there we go. And um, as you find folks know, Got Faded Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. And this is episode number 549. And Faders, this is a very special episode because we are here with our new producer, Jeremy. Jeremy, thank you for joining the Got Fitted Japan family.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's good to uh, be on board and uh, be producing for you guys.
1: Awesome. And this is a very, very special episode because we are here not only with Jeremy and Tom, we are here with a person from Canada, a very special person that we've been trying to get on the show for ages. We're here with Ari. Ari, welcome aboard to Got Fitted Japan. Hey John, thanks
3: for having me. Uh, I I really appreciate you guys waking up at the crack of dawn to do this with me, so
1: this is great. It's four o'clock in the afternoon here, so uh, that's great. And Ari, you're on the show because you do something absolutely amazing. You do something that I've been interested in for ages, but I've not been able to do just because, I I don't know, I I just, I haven't jumped in the pond, haven't started swimming, I haven't done it, but you do jujitsu and you actually train jujitsu to police officers in Canada, so they don't kill people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did expect, that's an awesome
3: uh, little awesome tagline. Yes, I train cops not to kill people. That's correct. Um, so I've been doing Jiu Jitsu for a really long time. And, and it's something that I think that all cops need to have. It obviously, before I became a police officer, I've been, I was doing martial arts. I've been doing martial arts for the last three decades. Um, Jer knows as well uh, how important it is uh, to do it. So it's just something that kind of, it was organic and it just came to fruition in 2019 when I got together with uh, my my business partner, Jason, who lives in Houston. And uh, we decided to start something called the Invictus Movement, which was basically trying to make BJJ uh, mandatory for police officers. And so they could control suspects without using other instruments, such as their tool belts, uh, weapons, and things like that to safely control them and also protect cops.
1: That is incredible. That is awesome. I admire that 110%. That is, I mean, what is going on in America right now is just incredibly horrible. And uh, the tactics that are being used are just, it's just devastating, I think. And for you to do something that, that you can control people in a safe manner is just, it's just so admirable.
3: <laughs> well, I think that most people don't understand the power of jiu-jitsu and what it actually is. Uh, so the biggest battle that we have uh, in policing right now is trying to get administrators and departments to understand what martial arts is, what jiu-jitsu is, and how it can
1: benefit uh, the rest of uh, the policing culture. So jiu isn't mandatory in training in Canada at this moment.
3: No, it's not mandatory anywhere. And so that's why we came up with the hashtag movement, BJJ Make It Mandatory. Uh, It's catchy and it's just every time we put out a video or something on Instagram, that's what we're putting out because uh, it's something that we believe that needs to be made mandatory for cops.
1: Fantastic. What kind of training is mandatory at the
3: moment? Well, so that's the thing. It depends on where you are, what country you're in, uh, and what department you're in. They're all different. So that's the main problem that we have is that there's so many different standards out there. We need to have uh, kind of a standard. So when you go through the police academy, depending on when you are, uh, you may get uh, you know, maybe 10 hours of training during your entire police academy career of like physical uh, control of people, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. And then after that, during the year, we, we call it increment training or training afterwards. Some departments don't have it at all. So you will leave the police academy and you will never get use of force training after the academy. It's not super common, but it does happen. And then there's a lot of departments which have it and you'll get maybe eight hours a year of training. Uh, of tactical training of shooting and things like that. But you've got to think of how you break down that eight hours. Cause really if you've ever been to any kind of training in any kind of job before there's talking, there's lunch breaks and stuff like that. So let's take that eight hours and really get down to the brass tacks and how much is that? So let's say that it's really maybe four hours of actual training, but the training that police officers get in most departments is horrible and we need to make it better and make it mandatory. So that's why jujitsu is super important.
1: Jeremy, what kind of training do Japanese police officers get? Do they get jiu-jitsu or judo? I know they. they will see, they do, yeah, yeah.
2: In 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 Japan, you're looking at most guys who who are uh, judo black belts. So here in Japan, um, judo is pretty much um, taught in high schools. So once you get into high school, you you mm. have uh, you know four years of judo training, and then if you decide to keep doing that on your own uh, after that, uh, you know you, you you obviously get better as you as you go along um the one problem with the judo that they have here in japan is that it's kind of watered down because it's taught on such a national level but um then of course out of that set of a large set of people you get the people who are focused who really care about judo and who who want to keep going and a lot of judo players will also cross train into bjj Mm. so you'll see a lot of police officers in, in our dojos here in japan and um the thing uh, another interesting thing about the police in Japan is that they they very rarely have shootings here uh, yeah. it happens on it happens from time to time as i'm sure you've 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 talked about on the news yeah, but um it's very rare here and, and uh mm. not, it's not just a matter of scale but it's also a matter of I'm sure Ari can probably point out it's a matter of training and tactics so they learn how to use like a like a like a, a tonfa which is mm-hmm. a, like a like a batch and has a little bit sticking out like it is jab somebody in the ribs or or they can use like a, a periscoping rod that has a big knot on the end of it and like knock knives out of people's hands and stuff like that. And then once they have them in that they could do, do like a seoi Nagi and just throw them over the shoulder, you know, or, and put them on the ground and and then get get control of the suspect. Mm. So it was a little awesome. bit different.
1: Uh, forgive my 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 ignorance, but uh, uh, jiu-jitsu jujitsu is the safest martial art, isn't it? let me put into context in kind of layman's terms here. So I'm obviously
3: super biased for jujitsu because I've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I, however, have a background in many different martial arts. I'm also a black belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu. I'm a black belt in Aikido. So I've done lots of stuff. So the reason that jiu-jitsu is so important for people, police officers and things like that is because it's scalable. So that means that you can use everything from just a simple control measure, which means you're controlling them without any strikes, any joint manipulation, basic wrestling, to all the way to, to lethality where you could end up um, you know, breaking something or, or killing someone. Obviously, that's not our goal. But since it's scalable, that is the best thing for a police officer or anyone, in my opinion, for self-defense to have. So let's take boxing, for example. An amazing yeah. art. Love boxing. It's great. However, if all you know how to do is punch, you're taking out a huge, huge uh, chunk of your self-defense toolbox. There are other things that you need to do. I can't go around and punch everyone to subdue them. It just doesn't make any sense. The other thing about it is what happens if you end up going against someone who's 300 pounds and you're like, well, I'm going to punch this person out. Statistically, (laughs) statistically, that person probably will have a really good chance of taking your blow. Um, If you're, you know, if you can't rate, get the the perfect shot right on the button, you're not going to knock them out. So you need to use leverage gravity to your advantage. And that's why jujitsu is such an awesome thing. So the founders of jiu-jitsu, or Brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular, but jiu-jitsu in Japanese terms, is they were quite small, and they were, they were trying to figure, out how can we make the small person um, take out someone who's much larger than them? So what, what tools can they use? So that's where the leverage and gravity come in. So that's why jiu-jitsu is such a, a great, great art. I, I think um, jiu-jitsu
4: is my new sport. <laughs> it's like hoist gracie taking uh Ken shamrock and like the ufc in the back in the old days right
3: yeah and that's one thing that you'll see a lot tom everyone yeah. talks about ufc one it's like how did you get involved in jujitsu and people go i saw hoist gracie jeremy mm-hmm. like he knows that too like it's just Absolutely. like it's it's the common thing and even if you do not if you don't do martial arts you've heard of Hoist Gracie the UFC and probably jiu-jitsu. and it was really a commercial for Brazilian jiu-jitsu Gracie jiu-jitsu. that's where it all started and now it's just it's up. really
2: a great great way to put it the basically the the very first UFC yeah, was, I mean, I, was a I, two I saw hour long commercial
4: yeah
2: I think that was yeah. the whole idea when Horian yeah, put that I together remember uh, those days. When Horian put that together he put that together for um, specifically, showing the American audience, um, you know that that smaller guys could take people out, and grappling was a viable art. Because before, as a striker, I started out in as uh, striking with with the uh, with American karate. Mm-hmm. We had the the mindset: is if we take on a wrestler, I'm going to hit him before he, he he gets a hold of me. Right. That was the mindset that we had, but that's not a realistic mindset. And as UFC came in into play, we started seeing more realistic techniques. Like, what happens if the wrestler grabs you? Then what? Well, if you don't know how to grapple, you're 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 screwed, right? So that that really opened mm. up a lot of people's mm. eyes. Yeah,
1: That's awesome. So.
2: Let's go back to Ari and let's find out more about the Invictus uh, uh, pro- program and and what he's doing and what he's doing to change the uh,
3: mindset of the uh, people in his country. Sure, I'd um, love to hear about it. So what happened was uh, in. February 2019, we basically came up with that hashtag BJJ Make It Mandatory, um, but we didn't have a name for it, so I came up with the name Invictus, and I, I put it to kind of a movement. And Invictus in Latin means unconquerable, so I thought that was a good name to put uh, to the movement. And there are a ton of police officers that do jujitsu, uh, really a lot of them do, but not enough. And so we came together and then it was just this grassroots movement of people banding together. We started a Facebook group, then it launched into uh, a website and then it launched launched into our Instagram. And over the last couple months, it has absolutely exploded on where it's going because there's so many people that now know that jujitsu is needed by cops we're seeing these horrible videos like so john i'm mm. sure you and tom have seen all these videos of shootings and things like that and you're just losing mm. your mind and go why did the police officers do this it's absolutely because yeah it's, it's because of fear it's because of lack of training and that's something we're trying to push right and mm. with all these talk about defund the police and abolish police and all these things it, it doesn't make any sense they actually need more training and we just did a podcast we have something called the Invictus podcast so it's our own podcast Mm -hmm. and Jason and I talked about what cops need and we know that there's things that police officers do that they probably shouldn't do and what I mean by that is we're going to calls that we don't need to go to like the barking dog and, and things like that there are a ton of things that we can meet in the middle I have no problem talking to I'm going to refer to them as the other side right and we will talk to the other side we'll come together and say hey listen We agree on this, we agree on this. However, people are making decisions right now on defunding the police and reducing training that have zero experience in martial arts, in training, in tactics, and what police scene is. So that is what really pisses me off because they're making decisions. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but in New York, they just passed a law, the city council, that said that New York police officers are no longer allowed to mount back mount or put knee on anywhere on the torso so a mount if you're not familiar of that is laying on your back and then a police officer straddling basically on top that is now illegal so now now you can't do jujitsu at all well
2: Well, you can do side control
3: uh, control. technically you couldn't jeremy because anything that puts pressure on the diaphragm according to these people is now going to be a misdemeanor charge in the united states well in new york So we we saw this video and we lost our minds. We were like, this is, this is the dumbest shit that I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. no And this is because people who are making the laws have no idea. So there's going to be more injuries. Now, if you're a cop and you're not allowed to control someone, what are you going to rely on? So John, are you now going to be like, I'm going to punch them in the face. I'm going to pull out my gun. I'm going to use my baton. I'm going to use my taser when it isn't appropriate. Because I'm not allowed to physically control someone in a grappling uh, atmosphere type of thing. So that's that's what's crazy. Yeah, you're going leg to... locks. Yeah, leg
2: locks. <laughs> I'm leg locking, heel hooking everyone, man.
1: Totally. <laughs> Kick them in the nuts. You're going yeah. from one to ten, basically. I mean... I'm, I'm ripping knees apart. Yeah. Reaping the knee, man. Uh, on, on a similar note, like
4: I uh, I already asked, I, I know the answer to this question because like I asked the same question Jeremy like a couple weeks ago but like yeah I think some departments are banning chokeholds and like I'm, I'm not like a badass like Jeremy like, I've got training like wait a second like you know the sleeper hold that's like one of the most like nonviolent ways to take somebody down uh, so, okay,
3: so yeah. um, here's the thing about the chokehold. Number one, they refer to it as a chokehold. It isn't a chokehold, it's a sanguineous choke. And a sanguineous choke means that you're cutting off the blood from the brain. Okay. So it is. that's why people It's like, a, the, a choke is cutting off the air from the lungs. And police officers are not trained to do that. Um, I would never advocate to choke someone, I would never advocate. You know, if you grab someone by the trachea and pull it out and do a roadhouse, like that's not what we're talking about here, right? What we're talking talking about is to humanely, and this is what Tom is talking about, is if someone has to be controlled immediately and the safest way to do it is to knock them unconscious with a sanguineous um, move, which would be a lateral neck restraint, as we call it, that would be awesome. Many departments have banned it. There are many departments that still have it. My department still has it. It's referred to as a soft technique. However, you use it when a person has to be immediately controlled mm-hmm. and lower levels of force are deemed ineffective or inappropriate, okay? Or higher levels of force um, don't make any sense, like shooting someone. So what am I going to do, right? So if, if Jared's freaking out one day, he's oh, a big man. guy, and I need to subdue him, my choice would probably be to put a lateral neck restraint on him, get them unconscious, put them in handcuffs, and we're done. Mm-hmm.
2: Makes sense. Much easier just to start talking about Star Wars, and I'll just
1: probably sit down and listen to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd either, they'd either be very interested or they'd fall asleep anyway, you know? <laughs>
2: pizza works, too. If you have some pizza, probably just go,
1: ooh, pizza. <laughs> so I'm
3: assuming right now, so obviously, John, you're not a Star Wars fan. Am I, am I getting that right?
1: Uh, What? <laughs> can you see behind me
3: (laughs) oh okay there it is got it okay so i wasn't looking past you so i was just i I was was curious i'm gonna be like okay well what's the common ground between jare and john like that's really weird (laughs) (laughs) They're both nerds (laughs) okay well i know that we all probably have nerd nerd culture uh obviously in in common and uh drinking is a really big thing too because i'm absolutely i'm big on that. (laughs) yeah
1: you dudes booze japan in the news it's our tagline (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right, Mourning is not really part of our tagline. We're all not really morning people, so uh, please forgive yeah. us. <laughs> I like
2: waking up at the crack of noon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, hey, let's um, let's uh, take this time to ask Ari to tell us some <laughs> more <laughs> stories. Tell us what's happening in Canada. Like, when have you had a chance to use your jujitsu and set an example for other officers?
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, my use of force... Uh, being a police officer has been relatively low. Oh, good. And the reason it has been low is because I credit doing jujitsu. I don't panic. I don't need, I, like, I don't, I don't unnecessarily go physical with someone. I'm super patient. And all these things were taught to me because I do jujitsu. So there's a, there's a typical thing that we talk about, which is ba- basically, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And when you do jujitsu and there's someone who's 250 pounds and they're on top of you, you don't panic, you work through it and you end up succeeding. So yes, I've used jujitsu in policing, but I find that my verbal judo is what they refer to verbal jujitsu is is pretty good because I know that I don't have to go hands-on. Most of the use of force that I've seen from police officers are those who are untrained or who escalate because they don't know any other way to do it. So it's like, comply. Person doesn't want to comply. So now we're going hands on. Now there's a fight. Now there's an injury. So there are ways to navigate that. Um, having said that uh, I have been in situations where jujitsu saved my life. It's probably saved my life maybe a dozen times. And I'm not talking, uh, I'm talking literally, I'm not talking just like, Oh yeah, it saved my life. It's, it really has saved my life. I've had situations where, um, I was in a small room with someone, they ended up pulling a knife, and I'm in a fight with someone who is, we're in a room which is like, it's super small, and there's broken crack pipes on the ground, he's reaching oh. for the knife, and so we were, I was just able to get on top, control his hands and control his body without being obviously stabbed and killed. So that, that, was, a, that was a big win for me. Um, <laughs> would, would, I have been, would I have hmm. been justified in shooting that person? Probably, yes. However, the amount of paperwork, the amount of PTSD that would come from uh, shooting someone is real, so I was able to do it. I'm not advocating that you use jiu-jitsu in all situations, right? So I want, I want your viewers to be aware that there are situations where you have to use a firearm, and it's unfortunate, but it does happen. And most people realize, don't realize what use of force is like and what it's like to confront someone who wants to kick your ass or wants to kill you. Um, we see it on the news or you watch these videos and these segments of these 30 second clips and you're like, oh, I would have done this differently. Or if I was there, I would have done that. And I'm like, really? Okay, well, how about I put you in in that position? There's a great video which I'm about to release on our, our Instagram page of two news reporters who have never done martial arts before. And they were asked to take down a police officer. It's like, okay, please take down a police officer. So they both were grabbing this guy, trying to take him down. They were ineffective. They didn't know what to do. And they, they saw how hard it was. And this cop was fighting maybe 25%. Now you fight someone fighting for their life or someone who's at 100% and you're going to see a real difference. So I, I implore people to, before they open their mouths, to understand the logic and the science behind what is going on. Mm. Very wow. good, very good. good. Yeah. Well, wow.
2: when is that video coming out? When can we? When can we have a look at that?
3: I'm probably gonna just put it up tomorrow on the Instagram page because uh, it's so a Dave, real Invictus.
2: Yep. Okay. All right. Um, please, what, please send, send us. Uh, a you link. want to give out the um, the uh, URL for that so people can go check out your video.
3: Yeah, so the, the, we have a whole bunch of videos and a whole bunch of studies uh, at our website, which is InvictusLEO.com, and our Instagram page is InvictusLEO underscore official. So that's what it is, and uh, a, there's a, a lot of great learning uh, points and things on there that just p- opens people's
1: eyes. So That's awesome. We're going to put all that in our show notes. So, Faders, you know where to go.
2: Cool. Yeah. So um, yes. the way I yes. actually um, – got to know RA was before he was a police officer back in the good old days when he was a bouncer and he did that
1: for 20 years is that 18 right? 18 i, I want to hear these stories yes we <laughs> do
4: yes you do
1: yeah and i then uh, also
2: in, in addition ahead, to man. that he also is with uh with um what's it called it's called submissions
3: 101 <laughs> yep right? uh so my former life uh i was a bouncer uh for 18 years before i became a cop and i've been a cop now for for six years uh so i started policing later in my life but uh i worked the bar scene i worked at biker bars i did all these things uh i wrote a book on it called the Dorman's credo behind the velvet rope nice and i learned a lot from working the door and if you've ever worked the door and you've ever dealt with drunk people on a nightly basis, you'll you know how unruly they can be. And it really, really helps. So I have some of the craziest adventures and stories from my bouncing career, uh, <laughs> that I put in my book.
4: Please tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear some of these stories. Choose your uh, best one, Ari. Oh yeah,
3: God. It. Well, here's one. So very early in my career, uh, This is not a PG podcast, correct? No. Uh, Fuck no. No,
4: no. You you can curse (laughs) as much as you want. Go nuts. Okay.
3: So, in very early, (laughs) very early. Um, In my bouncing career, I was working at this this seedy bar, and I remember one of the senior bouncers tapping me on the shoulder and says, "Hey, we got to go into the mailed washroom. We got to deal with something." So I go in. And I'm standing there and he's standing behind me and there's two other bouncers standing behind him. And they're just, they're just laughing away. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, you got to kick out the guy who's who's in the stall there. I'm like, okay. So I walk in and this bar was so it's one of those bars that has like years of alcohol that seeped into its foundation. And no matter how much you clean it, you walk and it's always sticky. It was just, it's one of those places. And uh, it didn 't have urinals, it had a big trough that 's what you 'd piss oh, at.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Right. so
3: I walk over to the to the stall and I grab onto the edge and I lean up and I look over and there's some guy who is has this has this girl bent over the toilet and is ramming her from behind. oh no. <laughs> And so he's having sex in the stall. And I'm like, well, I guess they can't be doing that. So I look down at him and he looks up at me as he's having sex with this girl. And he goes like this. <laughs> and he, basically, he basically just like, he's like, don't don't let her know that you're here. And he t- gives me the quiet thing. And I'm like, I'm "Like what? Right? And so anyway, mm-hmm. we end up kicking them out. It was really funny. My, the bouncers there are just absolutely howling. And I'm like, is this, is this what I'm in for for the rest of my career? And to the answer to that question is yes. So, um, that's just one of many, I mean, that's, that's just a minor thing. Uh, Did he come? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I think I was just so, so taken back that I might've just, just like, I guess I'm going to wait, right? Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was crazy. But on a flip side to that, uh, about nine years ago, I was working the front door, uh, of, of a different night, night club and we kicked out this kid who was oh. uh, falling asleep. And so the bouncers kicked him out. And as he, as he comes out with his girlfriend, he is super amped up and, he, and it looks like he'd been on meth for like three days, he hadn't slept. And, and he's like, he's like you motherfuckers, you know, I'm gonna come back and he's doing the whole like, I'm gonna shoot you. He pulls out about $4,000 $4, of cash in as well. It's like, I make more money than you, obviously a drug dealer. Uh, anyway, we get this on a nightly basis. He, he fucks off. He leaves with his girlfriend. And I'm talking to one of my bouncers at the top of the stairs. And we're chatting. And then I turn around and I start walking down the stairs. And I get just to the bottom of the stairs. And all of a sudden I hear this pop, 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 pop. I look up and I see my three doormen who are standing on the top of the stairs. And the guy does a drive by shooting uh, where, where we're standing. And two of the bouncers jump in the middle door. One of my good buddies, Mike, he gets shot uh, in the back. And he's like, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. So grab him, we pull him down the stairs. And the video is absolutely fascinating. So I remember at the time, I'm like, I had no idea what was happening up there. I just I heard the gunshots. I knew immediately that someone was shooting at us. So I, I, I see him come down the stairs. And then I'm like, well, I'm running up the stairs. So I run up the stairs, right? Because I'm an idiot running gunfire. But it kind of <laughs> kind of shows you the kind of mentality that I have. And I'm like, if I get a hold of this person, whoever it is, it's going to be over, right? I don't mm-hmm. care if they have a gun. My buddy just got shot and I get up there. And so what had happened was he had actually driven by in his car. Uh, his girlfriend was driving and he's out of the window and he's shooting. So he shoots 18 rounds into the front of the nightclub. Oh, Jesus. And, and so the video is really fascinating because you can actually see the different angles of the bullets coming and going through the the door and splintering. It's like, a, it was like a movie. Movie, right? Yeah and but what right. i found most fascinating because what i would always do whenever there was a conflict or something that happened in bouncing i would always take the video and i would replay it and i would i would watch it and i would watch how i reacted how people reacted around me what was going on because studying human nature is absolutely fascinating to me and that's how you get better in self defense it's not just doing the moves it's actually watching how you react in situations so during during this the gunfire, you see some of the bouncers and some of the people that are absolutely frozen and they're, they're doing this, going back and forth. They, they, they're trapped. They're, they're trapped in this loop. They, they don't know what to do. Whoa. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I, I'm a superhero and I'm super courageous. It, it was just people do what they do. You never know what you're going to do until it comes along. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, there's an old English bouncing kind of proverb. It's basically, it's referred to as losing your bottle. Or losing your courage and you never know when that's going to happen right so uh you see it in policing as well that all this training and all these things happening and, and then something severe happens and some cops aren't able to perform and it's not a knock on them but you just don't know until you're put into that situation right it happens right. with soldiers it happens with all these things however um Typically, typically, soldiers do better because their training is more intense about this is what you're going into. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm such an Mm -hmm. advocate, again, coming back to the Invictus thing, of training people to endure situations which are going to come down the line. So Mm -hmm. there's a complacency that happens with people. And this happens with civilians. This happens with, with, with you guys as well. You think that violence or things will never happen because it's never happened before so it's not going to happen now so this is a this is what referred to as confirmation bias right if it hasn't happened mm. before it's not going to happen in the future so i'm good and then when it does come knocking on your door you better be fucking prepared or uh bruce lee had a great quote he basically said i you learn how to fight or you get a bodyguard well right? i think we lost it's, you know. so mm. it, it's one of those things and bouncing things so that that shooting really taught me a lot of how people react, and and uh, it was crazy. And the funny thing is, there's people that were actually outside smoking, and all the bullets ended up missing the people who were just having smokes casually. Didn't hit any one of them. Uh, Maybe the the girl who was make, doing make the cover, <laughs> yeah, right. The girl who was doing the cover Ooh, charge, she ended me? up she ended up uh, going to the bathroom about ten seconds before the shooting happened. And where she was sitting, if she had still been sitting there, uh, she would have been shot and killed. Uh, oh, no. And so after the smoke had settled, she ended up quitting because she realized, oh my God, I, I could have died. And and so that was done. We had several yeah. bouncers who ended up quitting because of the trauma, which I don't blame them. It was, it was a very traumatic event, right? So yeah. um, those are kind of the, that's the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the drive-by shooting and the dude is fucking the girl in the bathroom. I mean, that's the, that was the range <laughs> of what I dealt with.
2: Yeah. Wow, There's also yeah. another cool video I saw of, of Ari performing the one-inch punch like Bruce Lee. Bam. Oh, you damn. you that? I, uh, he showed me that video a long time ago. Remember that, Ari?
3: Yeah, you're one of the only people, because I never made any of that stuff public, right? So because we're buddies, yeah. I ended up showing you, yeah. Oh, that, I'm sorry. Great. I
2: didn't mean to, to talk I about it. It's secret.
3: No. Yeah. I think the Statue of Limitations are over for that one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to you
2: give us a little rundown on what happened in that video?
3: I'd love to hear it. Uh, so this yeah. is over a decade ago and I'm, I was working the door and this guy comes up to us and he wanted to come in and I'm standing at the door and he ended up saying, uh, uh you know, let me in. And we're like, no, we can't let you in. And I remember him turning to my buddy and he's like, if you don't let me in, I'm going to fucking kill you and find your, Whoa. your, your kids and I'm going to kill them too. Whoa. dang! so that's pretty hardcore.
1: I had, a, one of I, a I have
3: a threshold, right. And I'm, I, I don't consider myself a violent person. I actually, I abhor violence. i violence. I'm not into that. Um, uh, but I'm good at it. So it's, it's one of those things that, that came down the pipe. And I'm just like, I said, what did you just say? And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill whatever. And so I took that as to being a threat. I didn't want him any closer to me. So as Jeremy said, I ended up doing the one inch punch that, that Bruce Lee did. So what I ended up doing is I put my hand up like this and the guy looked at my hand. And then with this hand, I ended up doing a one inch punch uh, on him, uh, right in his sternum. Oh, I saw the that's, video of it. Hardcore, yeah. man. Yeah, that
4: is so hardcore. Mm. Cool.
2: Yeah, it's very, it's very, very cool. I saw the video of it, and you saw the guy react like, 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 just like a, a power source that hit him right in the sternum, and he was wraps around Ari's fist. Yeah, and bounces back. Yeah, I you thought know. that was a great
1: video. That's awesome. That All right. I would love to see that. Are
4: you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends, or your family, or significant others? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah!
1: And the flavor's gonna make you complete
0: at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the
1: heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsia Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five minute walk from the station. Mitsuya
4: Liquors.
1: If you're gonna get your fade on, you gotta get your fade on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, If I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Pomade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Pomade. Badass pomade. And let me tell you one thing. It comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Pomade. This stuff is a man's pomade, and it is Hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Papa. Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each and they're worth so much more. These are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool. That's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show, because we love you. And we love art, too. So, Faders, without further ado, enjoy the show.
2: Okay, so we were talking about Ari's one-inch punch, and he he just wrapped his fist around the guy's chest, and the guy fell backwards. What was the
3: aftermath of that paperwork? Hey, uh, he, he, he walked <laughs> away. He walked away shamed. I mean, like, I can't even remember what happened afterwards, but it was... Uh, uh, again, I usually don't end up striking out at people or anything like that. And that's, I think that's the first and only time I've done a one-inch punch. Um, and it, well, it worked really well. I mean, he ended up going back about seven feet and landed yeah. on his butt. So, yeah, it was, it was yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like the second time I've ever seen that in my life. One was Bruce Lee and the other one
1: was Ari. <laughs> You've got that on tape? That, that's on a video? We yeah. would love to see this, by the way. I may share it to you privately.
2: <laughs> oh, no. he doesn't Privately. want me to go out he's a,
1: he's a police officer guys yeah. Oh, man. yeah oh okay all right that's awesome don't show it to us at all I, I can't i can't if i see it dude i'm gonna i'm gonna show everybody okay <laughs> if it's johnny that awesome for it's, me. johnny doesn't
4: speak for me please please I, please. No, no, I, no. I, know Tom.
1: I know this guy down there and yeah don't show him either Please don't kill him. It's going to wind up with Pornhub somehow. I'm not going to fuck with him. Come on. Oh, God. Red tube Pornhub. You name it, dude. You show this guy. It's all over the internet. It's in the wrong places. Dark web, probably. Who knows? Oh, my God. Side by side with
2: Bruce Lee's punch. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, guys. Let's hop back into it. Let's hop back
2: into it. Um, Let's let Ari talk about his studio. He's got Fierce Studio, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Yoga. You want to talk about that in your your police train-free program? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear about it.
3: I ended up up opening up my academy, uh, it's going on, it's 17 and a half years ago. So that's when I started teaching uh, the martial arts. And it's gone through a lot of ups and downs. And what people don't realize is running a martial arts studio, no matter where you are in the world, 95% of these academy owners um, do it because of out of passion. It is not a money-making venture. It is really hard to make money doing martial arts. There are some... You're right. That's there sad. are some That's great, so great um, academies out there that have hundreds and hundreds of students that are turning a great profit, but it is really difficult. So I've been doing it. It's been a passion of mine. And there have been many years that we made zero money. Uh, we've, many years we've lost money. and But again, it's a passion of mine. So I love doing it. This whole COVID thing kicked the shit out of my academy. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm pretty open and honest about this. And I'm an established uh, academy for 17 years. And it really, really knocked us down, you know, so all the savings that we made for our business ended up, you know, that's down to zero time of thing. So it's like starting over. So yeah. where do we go from here is the question, right? We have all these students um, that I love dearly. Uh, many of them have gone from white, back, white belt to black belt, you know, so it's been a family. So uh, I don't know what the future holds for it. I love doing it and I will always teach and we're doing our best to get back at it. We are now starting to train again. Just this past Monday, we opened the doors after three and a half months. Of -hmm. course, we have these really weird COVID protocols where I live in the world. uh, So I live in British Columbia, which is in Canada, which is on the West coast. I live uh, in a city uh, which actually has, we have zero cases. Uh, We did the best uh, COVID whatever response, like worldwide. We, we had like, it was minimal, right? We're not talking Texas and Florida. It was, it was crazy how well we did. So Canada did very well. BC did really well. And where I am on Vancouver Island did exceptionally well of limiting contact and having people. But anyway, we still had to follow these protocols. So the thing that's pissed me off the most is that these government agencies have been making these, these pronouncements. It's like, well, this is what you can and cannot do. And here are the rules. So I said, fine, we'll follow the rules. I'm, I'm okay with that. So One of them said, you can't do group training. And then they said, well, gyms can open, but martial arts can't. You can't have contact, but you can wear a mask. You can do this. And so I started calling around and I called these three different agencies within my city. And I said, how do I proceed? And they gave me some weird uh, answer. And then I said, are you going to be enforcing this? And then they said, no, we're not in the enforcement business. So I called Hmm. the next person. I said, who's enforcing this? And then they said, well, we're not in the enforcement business. So I go to the next one and then they said the exact same thing. And they said, how about you talk to the first agency? And I said, I just talked to them. So it's that typical bureaucratic runaround bullshit that we all absolutely despise. And I'm like, we have to open because if we don't open, my doors are closing this month. So we have to open. So we opened, we modified, we have pod training and it's working okay. I have no idea if there's gonna be a second wave. I have no idea how long this is gonna last. So for our particular industry, very difficult one of the most difficult restaurants open fucking bars open right and they're like oh well that's fine like what's going to happen when bars open there'll, there'll be social distancing really after you get shit-faced and you're making out with the girl across the bar <laughs> you think that's social distancing? in the toilet in the toilet right in the toilet. So, i'm all fired up about this shit right so, I've been trying to follow the rules. Other gyms in my, in my town uh, opened up before me and, and that's fine. They're, they're running their own business and I, and you know, God bless them, whatever, but I got to do my own thing. And so we open, I don't know where it's going to go. We. My wife was teaching yoga. Uh, I was doing the, the Japanese jiu-jitsu and jujitsu Brazilian jujitsu program. So it's been super fun. And uh, side story to all this. I just launched a new company called chaos. And I, I I announced it today and I've been working on it for the last five months. And it's been a secret project that I've been working on. So I've invested a lot of sweat equity, a lot of real money and a lot of time and energy into this thing. It came out because of COVID. I realized that my side project, so I'm a police officer primarily. That's my, that's my job. I love what I do. I have my business, which is my studio on the side, which I've been doing for a long time, which, which is not doing well because of COVID. Mm. Uh, And it was doing great just before that, which was, which is amazing. We're doing the best we ever had done. And then it was just like, just, you know, right across. So I launched this company called chaos, which had been mulling around in my head for the last decade. And what it was based on, it was, it was my love for all things kind of weird and geeky and Viking. And so the reason I called it chaos is because the world we live in right now is in a chaotic state. And those people who survive the chaotic state will end up like doing better and flourishing. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing is the very first product they came out with were these silicon rings. And have you guys seen them before? They're they're basically made out of silicon.
1: Okay, no. no. <laughs> but um, I'm interested. I'm very right. uh, okay. So I'm gonna grab one. Hold on. He's into Viking okay. stuff. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, he's got all lot Viking stuff behind him. He's got the yeah,
4: he, 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 he hammer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's fucking cool, by the way.
3: Okay, so, yeah. so th- this is chaos, right? So, so the silicon rings, which are these, they're basically they're, they're plastic rings, but, and these are worn by people who do grappling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and things like that. And the reason for that is because if you wear your own wedding band or any rings and that ring gets tugged on, something happens called degloving. And what degloving oh, is, yeah. is tearing all of the skin and muscle right off your finger. If it gets, oh. okay. Like so a that's chicken. Oh. Right. So I ended up inventing, inventing, I didn't invent the ring, but I ended up making, so this is basically, it's to simulate what the belts in jujitsu are. So this is a white belt. And so oh. jujitsu have a black bar on it and this yeah. is the white one. And on the back of it, it will say, it says jujitsu, which you can't see. And so these are for practitioners, and so I decided to. Well, I'm going to start investing in it. So I I made this. I made the, the website. The website's called Enterchaos.com. Nice. And so that was the first product that I put out. The second product, which is coming out, uh, is our tactical watches. And tactical watches uh, that I've been designing for the last five months, and they're super hardy. They're for people who who live in heart, who work in harsh environments, who end up being clumsy, Said so they're pretty indestructible. They're good for people who are police officers, for military operators uh, who are in construction uh, or people who just like very cool looking watches. So the first watch that comes out, is called the Vanguard and that's going to hopefully come out in October. Uh, and the reason I'm telling you all this is because it was a giant fuck you to COVID because I was totally pissed that my business, my bricks and mortar business was taking a shit kicking. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to, sit here and roll over. So fuck you. I'm going to do something about it. And so I made this company called chaos. So I just launched it today and we'll see where it goes. That is awesome. It uh, is absolutely so, awesome. It, right now it, you're you know, doing, you're picture, doing watches it, it, and it, it, rings. Is
2: there oh. anything else you're going to do like in the future?
3: Those are the ones that I'm focusing on right now, Jer. Um, there'll be yeah. other things, you know, coming down the line. Um, I'm absolutely, you know, like the whole Viking thing, as you can see behind me, uh, love <laughs> it. Uh, I'm I, like you guys, I'm a massive geek. Uh, I have another podcast, which I do called the Torvus podcast. And the Torvis podcast is uh, movies, mayhem, motivation and martial arts in eighties. So it's an eighties podcast. So we talk about eighties films. We, we review eighties films. We do, you know, talk about Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, the Avengers, Thor comics, you name it. And so that's kind of kind of thing we do. Cause that's part of, that's what, I am at my core, and so
4: right.
1: I also do that. Sweet, good
4: question.
1: And don't forget D and D. Oh, D and D. D and D. is
4: dope, man. And Magic well, the Gadget. I'm, I'm a big huh? geek too, man. Uh, I'm a big geek too. I mean, I'm a big Mike Marvel comics geek, and like you know, just all all this stuff. I've been doing that since I was a teenager, man. So Sweet. it's. It's it's cool that we can all kind of come together and like form a little community on the internet because like you know when I was growing up like not many people were into that stuff and now it's just like oh everybody's into it now
1: right everybody's into yeah. it yeah Yeah. yeah. favorite eighties movie and you can't say Back to the Future <laughs> I wouldn't say Back to the Future okay good all right favorite eighties movie I know what you're gonna say I know Darren knows
3: okay so yeah. I problem my favorite eighties movie of all time is Big Trouble in Little China oh uh, yes. that's that's awesome, awesome. <laughs> I love that
4: one that's a good one
3: <laughs> so. I have, I've watched the film like so like Jer, like Jair uh in Star Wars that is the film that I have seen I have literally seen Big, Big Trouble Little China over a thousand times um yeah no I shit. know the entire dialogue it is something that's amazing I bought a board game the the Big Trouble Little China board game that came out two years ago it was a kickstarter I'm like I gotta have it so I ordered it it was super fun and I remember when it came out so it came out in 86 and I memorized I memorized the monologue when it came out uh the beginning one was in the truck because i was just like this is this is amazing like who is this Jackburn? it's one of those heroes the unlikely hero and i'm like yeah that's me that's what i thought you know i'm <laughs> not really the hero but like happenstance so that's that's my first that's my that's my love
4: <laughs> it's okay. a
3: good movie
1: to love
4: yeah man uh, it's got an excellent make- theme song
3: yeah john carpenter uh-
4: yeah. yeah. Um Mortal Kombat characters I think were based off that movie too so it's had like a big cultural impact.
3: Yep. yep. Yeah, fantastic. That's true. And yeah. um it's it's funny all the like trivia that you find out about things that have happened after certain movies and where things come from. Uh it's it's awesome and all of these cultural geek things that we love. Have spawned so many other things. Like mm-hmm. Star Wars is a prime example. There are so many things that are an homage to Star Wars that people have no idea. They've never seen Star Wars, but that they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, my my little robot, R2D2. And it's like, do you know where that's from? And like, no, what's that from?
1: And like, are you fucking serious? What? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, some yeah. good, some uh, bad. I mean, Star Trek, was, not yeah. so good. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Timeout. Uh, I like, out. I, like so, I like both. I like uh, both. Oh uh, no. This, uh, this uh, is where we
3: will we will I fire. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> love Star Wars, but I am a Star Trek guy, right? So Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, I totally no Johnny, you just you stepped in the wrong puddle. You <laughs> no, will find no, no, no. guys find a lot of Canadian guys puddle.
2: like Star Trek.
3: Yeah. No, but John, here's Trek the guy. thing. Here's the <laughs> yeah. thing. There's so many awesome things. You can love what you want and I can love mm-hmm. what I want. And I'm never going to put down someone who loves Star Wars just because I don't like it. And so many people are so passionate about their thing. It's like, there's only Star Wars. Star Trek sucks. And it's like, how about yeah. you just love what you do? It's it's totally fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got like both. About love.
1: But I just don't love Star Trek. That's totally cool. <laughs> I
3: tried. I tried.
4: <laughs> Great. I'm 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 all right with Star Trek. I just like Star Wars better because I, I like to see like the mythical like you know space wizards do their thing. But like I don't know, but Star Trek is okay. It's not bad. Okay, let me I'm ask like
3: you. Let Star
2: me ask Trek you. As a question. Except for Deep Space Nine. Yeah.
3: Yes. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Go ahead, so yeah. I'm going to reverse right. this here. So you you now on the hot seat. Okay, John, I'm going to start with you. Uh oh. Okay, The Mandalorian. So came out. Uh, we were all pretty excited about. I think uh, I personally absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. The soundtrack was amazing. They, they did a great job. I'm really looking forward to season two. Um, what was your initial response by seeing when you watched it? What was like your gut reaction when you
1: initially watched? Uh, I think Jeremy can answer this for me. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't have the Disney Channel. <laughs> I've <Okay>. never, <laughs> seen it. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. seen it. I know, dude. I'm in Tokyo, man. We don't have like well. Can we watch it in Tokyo? Disney,
2: Disney yeah. Plus started here 2 weeks ago.
1: 2 weeks ago. Okay, all right. I haven't oh, jumped really? on. I haven't pulled the trigger. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah uh I, I I did the
1: You need to get that.
4: <laughs> I I I did the free trial just for that. I was actually cuz I'm again, I'm a big Marvel comics geek, so I like I did the free trial just to watch The Mandalorian because everyone was raving about it. Yeah. Um yeah, I I thought it was very good, but uh it, like I I everything like the acting directing action like the characters are very very good but they i think disney also played it very very safe because they took like some common character archetypes and stuff that they know is popular and just kind of rolled with it mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it, it's very good but like they also took no risk and it's in in some ways i think it's a little bit formulaic formulaic so like that's the only way like, criticism i would give it but overall yeah it, it it's Absolutely, watch it. It's it's if you're start if you're even a casual Star Wars fan, then fucking mm-hmm. absolutely you'll they, they got you covered.
1: Do you have to know anything about Star Wars to jump into it? Like if I if no. I I've got a lot of friends here in Japan that have never seen Star Wars. They know of Star Wars, but they've never seen it. So if I mm-hmm. watch it and I love it, which I probably most likely will, can I recommend it to them? Can they just watch no, it?
4: I, I don't think you do really. Jared yeah. can answer that better than anyone. So nah, go ahead. Nah. nah. I, I think wife, that you can Star Wars. Oh. you can just
2: turn it on and watch it. I I, I think it it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the with the trilogy characters or the, or the um right now the um the Skywalker saga. It's just uh if, if you start watching it from episode 1, you can follow along with the characters that are in that story. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, cool. Very- the best
2: part about the very first episode, man, was like you walk he uh, he walks into that into that spaceport and there's a there's a dude in there speaking Huttonese. so it's like it's very cool because this is the first time you saw a non hut character speaking Huttonese. so i was like whoa they've really thought this out like you know the like you might meet somebody on earth who speaks spanish you know you, oh, i didn't know like i spoke spanish but like it works that way in the star wars universe too this normal human looking dude speaks Huttonese perfectly i was like whoa no, Jared, that's
3: awesome do you know who that was
2: that was Joe Rogan's buddy. I forget his name. He's the he's the he's the coffee guy.
3: Yes. His uh, so that is Tate Fletcher. Tate, Tate Fletcher. Fletcher, yeah. He is not he was on the UFC. He was on um he was on the ultimate fighter. Uh, and so Tate's yeah. awesome. I sent him a shirt years ago. Tate so is awesome. Yeah, he's great. So he was he was the uh he was that guy. He also, a little trivia in there, the I don't know how to describe him, but one of the Mandalorians who's in the like the big battle armor gear, that is also mm-hmm. Tate Fletcher. So he's also oh, the right. guy behind the mask. He they play he plays that as well. So
2: he's he's in so many movies that you don't realize he's in. He he was like that guy from that Chinese guy from Die Hard. Like there was a there was like the Chinese guy from Die Hard who eats a
3: candy bar. He's in a lot of these movies in the 80s and no one knows his name. His name is Al Leung because this is my wheelhouse oh, yeah. you're talking about, my friend. <laughs> yeah. so, you guys I'm going to tell you a story, gents. So Al Leung has a uh, documentary out called The Henchman, and it is about his life. Cool. And Al Leong is this guy who's been in hundreds of films. We all know him as the diehard candy, guy, candy bar guy. We all know him as the big trouble little China screaming yep. guy with the long hair. Um, he's been in so many. He's been in a couple uh, films. John Carpenter actually loves him. He had a cameo in They Live, another John Carpenter film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in an alleyway. So he's awesome. Al Leong is so, so good. I love that guy. He's, so, he's
2: in so many movies. But Tate Fletcher is also like that now. Tate Fletcher just shows up in a movie. You're like, oh, I know him.
4: Yeah, he's a stuntman. <laughs> you know that why. guy actor.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I want to continue with the geek stuff, but I also have a question about policing. If you don't mind uh, me asking. Sure. Right now, everybody's saying defund the police. What exactly does that mean? Defund the police. What does it mean to you? Well I don't think the police should be defunded but I I think what they say that they say take away well defund like take away their funding and stuff for example maybe um oh, how much I have no idea it, it can mean anything okay. really I mean, it's, it's such like a carpeted thing, defund the police, you know, what, take away their guns, take away their handcuffs, take away their so, training, take away their funding. I don't know, that, that's, that's why I, I, I want to know what it means exactly.
3: So it depends on who you ask. So there's different people that have, here's the thing, we live, in 2020 is a very confusing year and, defund the police means something different to different people. So one of the things is take money away from police departments and put them into other things like social services. Like they don't need this. So let's, let's reallocate funds. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one might be a little bit more uh, extremist. It's like, let's just take away all the money from the cops and they basically, they only answer kind of one certain call and everything else, all their money is distributed elsewhere and things like that. So, Um, am I into the defund police model? No, of course not. Because I work in policing. I know what money is needed. We need more training. If people are complaining about police, not able to perform certain jobs, wouldn't it make sense to help them and train them and fund them so they can do better at their jobs? Yeah. Also police, they say our police, um, are they social workers? You know, should they be going to all these mental health calls and things like that? So there are times where a social worker would be great for mental health call. Do cops mm-hmm. need to go to all these? No, of course not. But like I had said earlier in the podcast, when people are making pronouncements about things that they do not know, and they've never been in, in positions uh, such as a mental health call where someone is suicidal and uh, you know you don't know the potential, uh, I am very hesitant to send a social worker to that without an armed police officer, or someone who has training uh, in other avenues because I have seen things go south uh, where you go up and it seems like a total uh, innocuous call and all of a sudden the person is completely psychotic and they rush at you with a knife or they pull a gun or something like that. So these things are real. So we have to protect social workers as well. So... I am all for working in combination, but also you need to fund police to do their job correctly. So if you start taking away more money from police, you're gonna see more incidences show up on the internet of things that have gone fucking south.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So instead of saying, defund the police, they should say, retrain the police. With jujitsu.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it it depends. That's just one part of it. Like jujitsu is a very small part of this whole movement that's going on. And uh, so I'm about to get political here a little bit, but when oh. <laughs> when Uh-oh. that video you. when that video was released uh, of Derek Chauvin um, killing someone, right? There's not one, you know. <laughs> Everyone was looking at the Floyd case and just like, none of the cops I know were like, oh, that was justified. Not one cop I know, right? We all were like, that's fucked up. Uh, That is improper training. He ended up killing that dude. And end of story. Now, there are things outside of that realm, too, that are like, well, he kneeled on him for eight and a half minutes. That's what killed him. Uh, And they talk about something called positional asphyxia, which is when someone is sitting on you that that can kill you that is actually scientifically false that is that doesn't happen but people don't realize it because they don't look into the science of it however right Derek Chauvin's his inability to render care for someone in his in his arrest when he was arresting someone that's where he failed you arrest him you put him in the back of the car that's done there's no reason to be on for eight and a half minutes so that's where that's where it's absolutely horrible so um when people say that cops, like I'm not defending that. There's no cop I know that defends that. So I just need to make that clear, because a lot of people just think that it's like, oh, the blue shield or the blue line that we're all defending. It's like, no, like I, I'm a human being first. I know right from wrong, and so give us some credit. Can
4: can, can I say something on that? Like, uh, because of, uh, it, it's an interesting topic, obviously. But I poked around on uh, some Reddit files. And, like, a lot of police departments in, like, mostly smaller areas have a good relationship with the community. So, like, when people are protesting, they're just like, yeah, it's your right, go ahead. And, like, you know, and actually some police officers are are actually protesting with them. They're, I doubt they're, like, saying defund the police. But, like, yeah, I've read a lot of stories that you're not seeing on the news because, again, it gets really super political and... I just, it, it's like the news just shocks you. It's its just supposed to be shocking. So I guess, but uh, I think some communities are getting along quite well. And ho- yeah, but- I hope yours as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, my community where I live, they're they're great. But Tom, you and I both know that the media is able to spin anything they want, and I don't trust I don't trust the media. And here's the thing: I am not an extreme right wing guy. I'm not an extreme left wing guy. I am not a, literally I'm not a libertarian. Like the, people label things all the time. It's like if you're a cop, then you must be Republican. You must be super right wing. You must support Trump. It's like that's that's not how it works. Okay, again, we're all people, but I do know that the media does manipulate things, and we have all seen it so what you're looking at tom is you're looking at reddit stuff which is not mainstream media and you, obviously you're seeing things from other perspectives and it's true it's out there we all know it exists
4: yeah yeah that's I, I i have an issue that with that too because like the news is just like it's just politicized to death and like um I, i'm i'm like i was one class short of getting an academic minor in journalism like i quite like it it's like a side hobby of mine but like you know the when I was in class, when I was, it was 20 years ago, when I was in class, we were taught like, you know, tell the facts. Don't, you know, don't be putting a spin on our bias, just report the fucking facts. Right. And then that's unfortunately not what we're seeing. It doesn't matter. Left wing, right wing, doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, um, I want to point out on on the other side of that coin, I've seen videos of where people who are either mentally disturbed or who've committed a crime or who are about to go to jail who treat cops like crap. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I would not want to do that job. I don't care how much they pay or whatever, because you deal with the worst type of people all the time. You don't deal with the, you know, a lot of nice old ladies who want to give you cookies. You deal with like the crap of society sometimes. And then you've got to put your gloves on and you've got to, and you got to keep going. You know, that's a
3: tough job. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's what we, well, they say it's what we signed up for, but I mean, you just, it's crazy. Um, I wish I could bring people along with us, you know, like everyone on Rylongs, um, you know, giving the giving the next of kin notification to some parents that their child has just died in a car accident is a horrible yep. thing to do. Um, the domestic stuff that we see like there's tons that we see, I've seen the worst and the best of human nature doing this job and I absolutely love doing it and the reason that I do this job is because I wanted to help people and I want to make a difference as cliche as it sounds here that's why I do it right and I love the people I work with I love the majority of people I run into of course we are there's a ton of abuse that gets thrown our way um but I think that my you know, my years as being a bouncer and that whole martial arts stuff has really helped me because it's, it, it forms who you are. And, um, so I like, I like doing what I do.
2: Well, I can tell you, um, I want to say thank you for your service. Thank you for the time you put in. Thank you for coming to visit us here on this, uh, on this podcast. And, um, we hope that you stay safe out there and then you keep doing what you're doing and, and hopefully you can spread your, your, uh, your mission of getting police officers properly trained.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> I hope so. So I appreciate it. Jerry. Thank you.
1: Yeah, guys. Thank you so much for coming here this morning. I mean, it's really early here. Was it Sunday? It's Sunday morning. Yeah. My wife is leaving me notes. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. You got to get out of here. All right. Yeah. Ari, Thank you so much yeah. for being on the show, man. I really, really appreciate it.
3: My pleasure, guys, and uh, have fun, get some sleep, and uh, when I'm in Japan, I'm going to look you up, and we're going to have some beer. We are please, man, and we're please, also going to roll. We're on gonna train. Us, uh, yeah.
4: Absolutely. Uh, all right, thank you for being in the show. Jeremy, thank you for the introduction, and uh, I don't know, uh, love to have you back in the show. Love to uh, like talk to you about like 80s and 90s action movies and just more crazy police stories and bouncer stories. Just whatever, man. Go nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, so this, this is part one. one.
1: Next time, man. Next time. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you. All right, later on, man. And that's a wrap. Faders, thank you very much for tuning in to this very special episode of Guy Faded Japan. And, um... I think many of you might know this, but uh, we've got a Patreon page. And if you go down to the Patreon page, we've got so much content there for you. We've got bonus stories, bonus shows. We've got shows that we messed up that we could not upload because they're so absolutely terrible. But in fact, that means that they are hilarious. And they're there for you to enjoy, along with tons of other videos and photos that are too hot for Facebook and Instagram. Go there. It costs you $5, which is pretty much like buying us a pint a month and in return whenever we meet you we are going to repay the favor tom's buying (laughs) and um we do know times are hard and stuff and if you can't pay five dollars a month to to support the show definitely go to uh itunes and give us a five-star review and write something groovy that also helps the show and um If you didn't know, we do have an Instagram page and we've got a Facebook page. Go there and just check out all our content. It's all being updated every single day. Well, on that note, I would like to introduce the song of the episode. Yes, the song of today's episode is On and On, which is a new track by one of my favorite bands here in Tokyo, Creep Down, Faders. You love Creepdown. If we love Creepdown, you must love Creepdown because Creepdown is so awesome. It's an awesome name with an awesome group of guys that are producing awesome music. And this new track is fantastic. On and on. And without further ado, enjoy. Peace.
0: a government job to abuse and lonely wife to fuck as far back as i could remember i always wanted to be a gangster god the pressure i can't take it i can't take it i can't stand
1: to it you sure i should do
0: this man? we're going freaky we came we saw we kicked his ass
4: your move,
1: creep. Oh, man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up, repugnant shit. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Without further ado, gentlemen, let's begin. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed All right. episode. <laughs> All right. Okay, good one. All right, one more time. What's up, gentlemen? <laughs> All right, hey, John. Come on, John. Okay, all right. Here we go. I'm gonna do the intro. All right, we're good. Okay, just getting a little lag from you, Tom. Okay. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fit Japan. I am your host, Johnny.
4: Whoa, man! You like
1: froze on me. Yeah, dude. Fucking right when you started the intro, you fucking froze on me. Okay, Tom. Don't <laughs> worry. All right. Don't worry. All right. I'm just gonna do the intro, Tom. If you if you're there, you're there. If you're not, you're not. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. <laughs>